Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, and welcome to the Secret Golf Tour Report. Back again this week to talk about one of the most exciting weeks on the PGA Tour. Well, traditionally, it's going to be slightly different this year, but hey, isn't everything. Right, I'm Diane Knox and I am joined by Steve Elkington to talk about the Waste Management Phoenix Open and give you our picks this week. Elk, very quickly, going back to last week and it was the Farmers Insurance Open at Tory Pines. Uh, I mean, that it was an interesting week. That's probably one way to put it. Yeah, there was a lot happened last week. You know, we talked about how it was going to be a difficult weather week, and it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw scoring. One guy ran away with it a little bit at the end, but it was pretty close all week. We saw some of our picks that were uh, played well all the way through the week. Um, you know, overall, uh, last week is about what you expect when you go to Torrey Pines. It's a pretty unpredictable week. We saw some unpredictable things happen with our leader. Uh, we can talk a little bit about that as we go along. But yeah, now now we move back to the desert. This is the Scottsdale TPC course designed by Tom Weiskopf. This is a different set of circumstances this week. I always had trouble playing this course. The greens are very flat, hard to read. Seems like a lot of guys that play well here do it again. And we're going to talk about that. Um, talking about that, we, we do touch on the fact it's almost like horses for courses every single week. Ryan Palmer round Tory Pines, he is one of the secret golf guys and he finished second. Second time he's finished runner-up actually and um, lost in a playoff in 2018 when Jason Day won. But um, the interesting thing about Ryan Palmer, I was looking back at his stats and the two times he finished second, he opened with a 66. So obviously round Tory, you know, you get off to a good start, which was super important last week because the bad weather really came in on the Friday. But Palmer was first in scrambling for the whole field. And, I mean, we did say that that was going to be such an important stat. Yeah, Ryan Palmer um, is really interesting to me. You know, he's one of these golfers that we hardly talk about. 
when he was sort of in the middle of his career, when, when things are supposed to be the best, he won some tournaments, but now he's gotten a little older and he really is emerging now as one of the top players. He's moved up an echelon into the tour elite, almost won at uh, Kapalua this year, two weeks ago, finished second yesterday. He's just putting it all together, Diane. He has a great friend of ours. It's Caddies for him, the University of Houston uh, golfer that was there uh, long after me. But they've just, his wife had cancer. She got over cancer. He's some, so much about a tour player, Diane, is about balance in their life. And for some reason, Brian Palmer has it perfectly right now. And he's literally moving up onto the top of our list every week. And he yeah. continues to do it. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about him a little bit later on. And also looking at our tour report for last week, we had ranked Xander Shoffley at number two. And, you know, we were kind of alone doing so because Shoffley is a San Diego guy, went to San Diego State, um, had never, ever made, well, he'd made the cut once, I think, in all his times playing the Farmers Insurance Open and, and didn't even finish great. So for him to finish in second place this year, that was massive for him. And, I mean, it was great to see him doing so shame that there wasn't the local crowd there to support him and to, to really root for him there but at the end of the day we're seeing such great play from him that that was hardly surprising yeah Shoffley you know the greens are so hard to part I read Mark Alcavecchia's tweet that he said just watching the golf made his his nerves jittery <laughs> watching the guys on the greens because they're kind of spongy so we always lean towards guys that live and grow up in California to me, they always hit the ball a lot harder. Tiger Woods, Mark O'Meara, Alexander Shoffley, they all are much firmer on the greens than I was because I was always afraid it might go another five feet by. But putting Poana greens is an art of itself. And, uh, of course, we saw Patrick Reed, who's an excellent putter, ranks number one on the PGA Tour. There's no surprise that the number one putter last week on the whole PGA Tour won the tournament. Shoffley was right there. Good to see him play good at, on his home track, so to speak. So, yeah, I mean, to me, Diane, there's an elite group of players of about 15 of them, and we talk to about them all the time. And who's going to jump up into that a little elite 15? Yeah. And then we saw two names who were in contention and then failed to get it done and move up on Sunday because they couldn't putt well, which seems to be the story of their careers right now, Rory McIlroy and Tony Finau. I mean, both missing short, makeable putts that cost them on Sunday. Well, I just talked about um, putting at, in, on Poana and, of course, Rory McIlroy and Tony Finau. Of course, Rory's in another league of his own. Rory just has Sunday problems. <laughs> he had Sunday problems in uh, Dubai a couple of weeks ago. Uh, when Hatton beat him, he had problems yesterday putting. Now, Finau, he doesn't have as good a stroke. He has technical problems on the greens. And that's just something that Tony's going to have to work on and get better at. For him to be that elite, he's going to have to be better putter. I mean, I went through it. A lot of guys go through it. You've got to, got to be better. So um, we're going to put all that into the mix and see what happens, see what we got for you this week. Yeah, and we're going to talk about Rory again because he's playing the Waste Management Phoenix Open this year for the first time, making that big debut. But where does he feature on our list? You'll find out shortly. Right, so let's talk about TPC Scottsdale then. It's the stadium course. The picture behind me is not, it's not going to look like that this year because the 16th hole is, they call it the largest cocktail, largest outdoor cocktail party, isn't it? Um, I think it's now beyond a cocktail party. It's like... 
total chaos. <laughs> but this year, we are going to see some fans. This year, there's going to be 5,000 admitted per day. So 25% really. But um, I mean, it should make a difference. And the guys should have a bit of atmosphere to feed off this week. Yeah, that that beautiful picture behind you there is a triple decker. They only have one deck this week. Uh, they, they're limited on their crowd size. They would have somewhere between 100 and 150,000 fans on the golf course on one day. And for us, when we, we used to go out there, it was always amazing to see that many people there for the golf. But Diane, when I was a lot younger than I am today, that, that hole started with one little TGI Friday's tent back there and people would scurry off there, get a beer and come back to that hole. And the Thunderbirds, who is the volunteer group that runs this event, they used to have a cool band there called Duck Soup. And Duck Soup <laughs> was right next to the putting green and Payne Stewart and Peter Jacobson. We'd all walk into the tent. That was the original bird's nest and listen to Duck Soup, Payne Stewart, and Peter Jackson played their instruments, and it was just the coolest place ever back in the day. This tournament is so iconic. I've never been to it before, and it's one that I've always had on my list. But the, the, the waste management team do so much to make this such a fantastic event. And, you know, you're wearing your green today. They do so much to keep the event green with recycling and obviously waste efficiency. It's one of those tournaments that if you've been to it, you rave about it and you want to go year after year after year. So this year, as we said, although it's going to be different, they're still going to keep that and it's still going to be really entertaining for us to be able to watch on TV. Yeah, Waste Management is a great sponsor, Diane. I've owned their stock for 20 years because why? They're the biggest and the best in recycling. They're, they do everything recycling and I love that. Yes. So. I happen to have a friend of mine who uh, is the chief marketing officer, uh, Stu Redson, spoke to him on the phone this morning. He actually played the golf course yesterday in a select couple of groups of waste management, told me everything I need to know about the course. So I'll be sharing you with that with you on the show. Alex, did you always enjoy playing this tournament? Yeah, I mean, it was almost, Diane, a guarantee, great weather, great scenery. Lots of girls, Diane, that look like you at that tournament. And I used to put all these videos up in the locker room for all the great-looking girls around the – should we even be talking about that? Is that oh, you need to know that. And if, even when you went to the restroom uh, on the golf course, I had pictures of all the girls in the restroom. So all the tour players, uh, you know, love going to this tournament. Uh, very distracting. But, um, no, it was fun. I do think, though, Diane, there is some desert specialist, and there's a couple of ones that have made our list this week. What does that mean? Guys that play well in the desert, can they putt on these bright green grass behind you? That's rye grass, and that's a particular seed they put down, Diane, that germinates at a very low temperature. It germinates at like 35 degrees, so they got it like a pool table. But underneath it is the regular grass. So it's sometimes very difficult to read the greens and these greens are flat. And the way we've handicapped this week, Diane, we're very heavy on guys that play well here. And maybe that's why Rory McIlroy has been pushed back a little bit this week because it's the first time he's ever going to see this course. So going from Tory Pines last week, and we know that the weather made things extremely challenging, especially on Friday and on that south course, which is a bit of a beast anyway. But am I right in saying that going from, you know, a course, the caliber of Tory Pines to the stadium course at TBC Scottsdale, they're very different. And this course is overall not 
challenging. This course has some uh, challenging shots. This will be a low scoring week. We have good weather in the forecast. It's going to be warm. Usually when it gets a little tricky in the desert, when it gets windy, I saw Phil Mickelson, I think, holds one of the records out there, 28 under. Mm -hmm. But um, there's no rough this week. The greens are medium paced. Um, they've got good coverage with the grass. You know, there's roll in the fairway. So they're going to pretty much destroy this course this week. <laughs> but that being said, Diane, there's about six key shots that you have to hit well on this course to play the course well. Okay. And it's very difficult to handicap this event because anyone can play good on this sort of indoor style golf feel, 75 degrees on perfect turf. A winning score last year from Webb Simpson was 17 under and that's kind of usual 17, 18, 14 under I think is the lowest we've seen it of late. Um, as I said, Webb Simpson, the defending champion. Now your friend Stu that works for Waste Management, he played it and you were telling me he's like a 20-something handicap but when it came to the rough, it wasn't going to be, it wasn't challenging for him so it's really not going to be challenging for these guys. He'll be, he'll be disappointed I said he's a 20. I think he's a 14. <laughs> I'll let him watch this show. I'll tag him on the video. But so I asked him questions. I said to him, uh, if you hit it in the rough, could you hit whatever you wanted to out of it? He said, yes. That tells me there's one inch of rough. That's going to be no problem for the tour players. Did your ball run in the fairway? Yes, it ran. When you hit a low scurrying shot up to the green did it bounce on he said yes so that tells me that they've got the conditions quite firm greens right now a medium pace i'll be able to get those they'll be able to get those down and get some nice speed but basically this is going to be a shootout okay cool right well let's talk about the stats that we're going to be looking at this week the one that we're ranking the highest is par four performance yeah uh, you know diane how do you separate yourself on a course like this? How do you get to 20 under par, let's say, this week, you know, five under each day? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, we've got to get hot. We've got to play the par fives good. But we've got to consistently play some of these longer par threes, some of these longer par fours, where we just basically make those holes easy. Okay. So you've got to drive it in the fairway. You've got to be able to hit your iron shots on the green and continue to keep the pressure on your scorecard. Get three under, then four under and five under. Stay away from the bogeys. <laughs> yeah, that's good advice. So par four performance, then we're looking at birdie average, scrambling, ball striking, which I'm going to get you to talk about, and then um, putting average. So that ball striking is like a combo stat that we put together. Ball striking is going to be super important this week, but what is that stat made up of? Uh, ball striking is a combination of stats of driving it in the fairway and then hitting it onto the green from there. Okay. And I'm picking that stat pretty heavily this week because I do think you still have to hit it straight, Diane. You still have to hit it down there and get your ball on the green. So, yeah, I'm I'm heavily I'm I'm stacking my team this week on ball strikers. Okay, I like that. Well, let's get right into our re-ranked top ten. We take the whole entire field, we shuffle them all about by the stats and by these intangibles. And the guy that comes up to the top, um, that's hardly surprising. He went to Arizona State. He lives out here. John Ram is our number one. Ram's getting a little better each week. We, you know, he signed with Callaway, played good out in the out in Hawaii the first week. Uh, had to skip the Bob Hope with an injury, came back and played solid last week, was leading the tournament through three days or right there. 
Yeah, he lives right down the street at Silverleaf. I just think he's one of these desert specialists. Fades the ball, keeps the ball in play, putting well. This is perfect for Ron. He's never finished worse than 16th year. And even in his last three finishes on the PGA Tour, including last week for the Farmers, seventh every single time. Um, as you said, he's changed equipment. That's clearly not a problem for him. And do you know that he's about to become a father? I did not know that. So yeah. that's another That's another positive. That He'll have a great attitude. Sleeping in your own bed, Diane, we always felt like was at least a couple strokes advantage because you don't have to do a lot of homework going to this course. He knows how to do it. I remember when he burst on the scene um, at this tournament when he was still playing at Arizona State and on mm-hmm. the 17th hole is a par four that's drivable in one and this one day that was into the wind and nobody was getting to the green in one and, and I was on the green and this ball came up on the green and ran right up next to the hole and someone said, who in the hell hit that? That is a, a ginormous shot. And he said, there's some kid named John Rahm plays at Arizona State. And that was Rahm. And that was the first time I ever saw him. That's amazing. Um, over a minimum of 12 rounds, they've taken all the scoring averages. And he's number two of all time. So, I mean, that in itself is impressive. And we can see exactly why he's number one on the list this week. Um, the guy coming in at number two, we talked about at the start of the show. He finished runner-up at Tory last week. And his form is unbelievable. I mean, we talk about these consistent guys week after week on the PGA Tour. And Ryan Palmer, I mean, his numbers are phenomenal right now. I just think Ryan Palmer, you know, is a good friend of mine. I just think he is where he needs to be mm-hmm. mentally. We can sit here and tell you he hits it straight. He's a long hitter. He putts good. But more than that, Diane, he just is settled. Everything is settled in his life. And he is just playing some of the best golf he used to be a kind of a weak putter, but now not anymore. He's right there in the top 15 in putting. And um, I just love everything about Ryan Palmer's game right now. Third in birdie average, sixth in par four performance. That second place, as we said last week, and uh, finished fourth just a couple of weeks ago as well. So the momentum for Palmer, for being, I hate to say one of the older guys on the PGA Tour, but he's out there rocking it and it's only a matter of time, I think, before we start to see that convert to a, to a win. Well, he could do something tremendous this year. He could, he could pop up and win a U.S. Open. That's how good I like his attitude. But I wanted to say, Diane, when I start to think about how to handicap players, and I, I think of Rory McIlroy, who's had some problems on Sunday, that's sort of mental or Ricky Fowler or Jordan Speep. That's sort of mental. There could be some physical things, but I cannot stress you when you have a player that has the attitude like Ryan Palmer has and he's got a good game to go with it, that attitude, how does that push you up the board? And I'm just telling you, attitude on the tour is so important. Okay. Coming in at number three is uh, the guy that when we look at current form, he rises all the way to the top and another consistent name week after week, we have him in our top 10, Xander Shoffley. Yeah, Shoffle is uh, a great swinger. I love that he only gets coached by his father, mm-hmm. and so he has no outside influence. He doesn't need a lot of drama with, you know, equipment or guys looking at track man. His dad is his coach. Mm-hmm. The only other guy that has a dad as a coach is Justin Thomas, and he's probably a slightly better player than Shoffle. So I just love everything about this guy. Um, probably the best thing, he swings it good. 
Mm-hmm. And he keeps things simp- simple when he speaks. And he performs. He's a he's a highly tuned performer. Yeah, big week for the ball strikers around this course as well. Last year's winner coming in at number four, and we've talked about him time and time again. It's hard to think of anything new to say about Webb Simpson. But um, yeah, we have him ranked at number four. He's fifth in scrambling on the whole PGA Tour, eighth in par four performance, defending champion, ticking a lot of boxes. Yeah, Webb Simpson, um, you know, when you think about what, you know, what do you got to do to play good in Phoenix? You know, how do you play it? You know, we just knock it down the fairway. Don't you don't have to do anything crazy. Knock it on the green. Make a few putts, and you'll be you'll be in there. You know, guys that are visiting the desert, guys that are you know missing a bunch of greens. That's not Webb Simpson's game. Webb Simpson's kind of mediocre looking swing. I don't care what anyone says. It is. It's not the prettiest swing, but he doesn't really hit it out of play. And he and he's tough. The guy is tough. He wins tournaments. U.S. Open. Players' Championship, the guy is tough as nails and he just gets it done. And I think he birdied like the last three holes last year to win the tournament. So he's great. So our number one this week is John Ram, two, Ryan Palmer, three, Xander Shoffley, and coming in at four, Webb Simpson. Now, Elk, we looked at the um, all-time, the best stroke average around TBC Scottsdale and the stadium course. And the guy that comes in at number one has actually won the tournament twice two years in a row for Hideki Matsuyama. You know, Matsuyama has won the tournament twice, as you said. We all know he has that real distinct pause at the top of his swing and he hits it straight. He's not a great putter, but he's won this tournament twice. Mm-hmm. And I often ask myself, why does Matsuyama play good at this tournament? Or why does so-and-so play at this tournament? Well, he must feel good almost on every hole when he steps up on it. I was playing my home course yesterday, Diane, and the 17th hole at my course, it's very hard for me to hit the fairway because it feels terrible when I get on the tee, and there's no reason for that. But I find or I think of golfers that play well the same place, and Matsuyama probably putts better than he normally putts at this tournament. Why is that? Greens are flat. I don't know, but he's got to feel good on this course. He's a super swinger, so I'm putting him right where he is right here this week, Diane, number five, because I just think he's going to keep going. Yeah, I mean, there are places where guys are going to go and outperform their stats, and this seems to be the course for him. Uh, Interestingly enough, actually, four of the last five years have gone to a playoff. He beat Ricky Fowler in a playoff for one of those wins. Um, He's been champion here in 16 and in 17. So we have Matsuyama and that amazing scoring average at number five this week. So coming in at six is, well, here's a name that's, Shrouded in a little bit of controversy right now. Um, it's going to be good to see him back playing on the PGA Tour. Justin Thomas. Yeah, Justin Thomas, you know, I've always said to you, Diane, that he is the the biggest force on the tour. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some other guys that are, you know, expose their will onto a field when he gets there. But Justin Thomas is the sort of um, fireball. He is there to win. No messing around with him. You know, his record on this course is not unreal, but I just think he's had a lot of things happening to him recently. I just think it's time for him to get back to golf, mm-hmm. do what he does good, and get after it. 
he finished third here in 2020 and in 2019. And as you say, every week that Thomas tees it up, he wants to win. And he's got to look at a tournament where he's finished third two years in a row as being one that's really attainable. But with everything that's been going on with Justin Thomas, I was going to say off the course, but there was an incident that happened on the course and there's been a lot of repercussions. Do you think that has affected him mentally in that he's maybe not going to perform to the usual standard this week? I hope it's past him. You know, I think he's done everything he could with that. And I think it's time for him to get back to golf. And he's got, you know, he's got his whole future to look forward to. This was just, you know, one thing and he's, he's handled it. I think he's done as good a job as he can and he's just got to get back to golf. Um, this will be probably easier for him with no fans. You know, he won't have the 25,000 people at 16 that he may worry about what, they, what they're going to say to him when he came up there. I don't know. Point is, uh, it's just time for him to get back to golf. Okay. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Coming in at number seven on our list is Daniel Berger. And we talk about making birdies. Scoring is going to be low this week. He is sixth on the whole PGA Tour for birdie average. I like Berger's game. You know I have. If you watch our show, you know how big I am on how uh, how much he squashes the ball. He's got a, a great strike on the ball. Someone like Sergio Garcia, great iron player. Berger is one of those players, and he putts good, and he's confident, and he's been playing well. So there's nothing stopping Berger from doing well this week, and that's why he sits right where he does. He has been playing great. We have him ranked as fourth in current form, coming off finishes of 7th, 10th, and 23rd. Um, and he had a win after the return of golf. He's been playing solid ever since then, so it's really good to see him. He's. Um, I always think of Berger as one of those like young guys that you would put in the same category as Fowler, as Thomas, as Spieth. You know, they're all friends, but it's kind of his time to move up. Yeah, you know, he was the one that uh, came back when the pandemic hit and won at Colonial. Very difficult course, sort of uh, real ball strikers. Hogan's Alley, they called it. Um, yeah, I mean, that dynamic, you just said it. Spieth, Fowler, Berger, Thomas. That thing has changed. It used to be Spieth was the boss. <laughs> now Thomas is the boss. And even Smiley Kaufman, he's out of that group. So, the, the the momentum of that group has changed a little bit, but hey, they're all young, they're all strong, they're all, you know, great players. So but Berger, Berger's his own man. I mean, I think Berger, if I'm him, he doesn't need to be uh second fiddle to those guys. Berger's yeah. I love to see it. So the next guy, this is gonna be a fun one to talk about. We've got him eighth in our list. And when you look at his stats right now. This is one of those examples where we, we don't throw them out the window, but they're not as relevant. We're looking at the way that this guy has played around this course before, and his finishes have been amazing. He was third last year, fourth the year before, and when you look at the best scoring average around the stadium course, he is fifth all time. Bubba Watson is coming in at number eight this week. Yeah, when you... When you so much on our show, we talk about really solid putters. Well, Matsuyama and Bubba Watson aren't that good at putters, but they do really good here. Mm -hmm. And my, my inkling is these greens are really flat and a lot of guys read too much into them, but these guys know how to do it. Now, Bubba Watson's left-handed. Does that help? Oh, I don't know, but he hits a big curve. You know, he slices the ball and hooks the ball and this 
course has room for him to start the curve. Uh, there is some trouble on this course, but he's so strong and hits it so far that he can curve it. And obviously he knows how to play it. He does so well here. Honestly, Diane, I think there's room to be an average putter on this course if you can hit it good from T to green. Okay. He's um, he's got the highest odds for the whole top 10, actually, tied with Ryan Palmer, who we have ranked at number two, at 40 to 1. So at 40 to 1 for Baba Watson, looking at how he's played this course before, that's a, those are great odds. Yeah, and I think he just signed a contract with a clothing company last week. He'll be feeling uh, his attitude should be good. Obviously, he knows how to play this course. No, I, li- I like that a lot at 40 to 1. Sung JM is coming in at number nine. Another guy. What more can we say about Sung JM? Because he plays every week. We have him in our top 10 pretty much every week because he is just one of those consistent ball strikers on tour. Well, we talked about, you know, that combination you talked about, Diane, about ball striking. Well, Sung JM would be the leader on the tour at ball striking, T to Green. And we've already talked about how you can get away with being an average putter on this course. How could you do that and get to 20 under, Elk? Someone would be watching the show would ask me that. Well, you just hit it close about four times a day with the seven iron like these guys do and play the par fives good. It can still be done. These flat greens, medium pace, there's no runaway speed. There's room on this course for average putters, and there's three of them for you right there. M, Bubba Watson, and Matsuyama occupy three of the top ten spots, and they're average at best putters. Mm-hmm. And uh, M is 30 to 1 this week. The guy that completes our top 10 is 11 to 1. Um, oh, it's hard for this one because it's his first time playing this event. And we have said that his form has been good, but just not good enough, especially when it comes to that final day. Rory McElroy comes in at number 10. Elk, he's so many people's favourite this week, but not ours. Well, Rory. Yes, we've already spoken about on this show where he had a had a bad weekend in Dubai and he had a bad Sunday yesterday. But I'm betting everything in my analysis, Diane, that Rory won't win this week because he won't be able to, he won't know these greens. I know these greens are flat and a lot of these guys uh, know how to putt them and he just won't know there's some underlying grain in there and this just takes time to learn it. And... Honestly, I just don't think he's playing good enough on Sunday. He has not put away the demons on Sunday. And I just, it's just not going to happen this week. For, for me watching him, and I, I watched most of the coverage last week, but on Sunday he missed a few short, silly putts that really cost him. But it seems like his wedges are just not dialed in right now. He's just not, he hits it so far down the fairway, but he's not capitalizing on that with his wedge play. Yeah, you know, who knows what's going on with Roy McIlroy. You know, he had a weird drop that happened that people are talking about that that happened to him on 18. Mm-hmm. Was it really plugged? That'll weigh on Rory a little bit. If players are thinking that he took an illegal drop and he has to defend himself, that's a weight on someone like Rory McIlroy. Yeah, Patrick yeah. Reed doesn't seem to bother Patrick Reed that he was in that sort of same uh, rules decision there. But, Diane, there's too many strikes against Rory. Great player, great striker. Hasn't played the course. How could he possibly know how to putt the greens on Sunday in these tight locations in the corners that everybody else knows what they're going to do? Mm-hmm. Okay, fair. Right, so our full top 10 then for the Waste Management this week. John Ram, 
Ryan Palmer, Xander Shoffley, Webb Simpson, Hideki Matsuyama, Justin Thomas, Daniel Berger, Bubba Watson, Sanjay M, and Rory McElroy. It's the Secret Golf Tour report for the Waste Management Phoenix Open this week, a week that we all look forward to on the PGA Tour, of course. We know it's going to be a little bit different this year because there's not going to be elk that crazy mass hysteria on the par 316th, but we're going to have a couple of fans out there, 5,000 a day. Yeah, it's going to be nice to sort of feel a bit more normalcy out there, Diane. I have some friends at Waste Management. It's a Houston company. Uh, they're all excited. They've got their Pro-Am set up. They've got the players. They've got the best field. Funny enough, they have the best field they've ever had at Waste Management. And a lot of people think that some players skip this tournament because they don't want the hoopla. And they think that the best field is coming there this year because there is no hoopla. Mm. So they'll have to address that probably next year. So we'll see. I think last year, and bearing in mind this will happen right before the pandemic really hit, but last year, I think it was the craziest it's ever been. It was very overhyped anyway, and I think with how social media progresses year after year, we probably saw more of it than we've ever seen before. But I agree with you. I think some of the players who don't enjoy that are going to see it as such a positive this week. Yeah, they just skipped the event. And, of course, I think it was last year. Was it last year, uh, Diane, where Gary Woodland played with young Amy and Amy fell in love with the whole world when she uh, played the 16th hole with uh, Gary Woodland and made a putt? And then we saw it later in the year with Gary when he won the US Open. It was just the best story that happened on one of the coolest holes. And, you know, that's great stuff. Yeah, yeah, they had her there two years in a row. And yeah, as you say, they just do so many things right at this tournament. And even with a, a lesser number of fans, we're still going to see all of that this week and a lot more. Right, we've got, we normally call this the fizzlers. We always think that's so harsh. But we've got a couple of big names that we are not picking to win this week. And you always have to look at the big names in the field. Some people are just so attracted by that shininess, but... The first one we're going to go with is Brooks Kepka because Elk, last week at Tory Pines, he missed a cut. You're just seeing something in a swing that is not working right now. Yeah, I'm a big Brooks Kepka fan, you know, and uh, this is he's missed three cuts in a row. You know, he spent most of the year last year on the sidelines with a torn patella, and I don't even know if he had it fixed, but it went into a hip deal. And now his swing, Diane, I'm not going to get into specifics because if I do, everybody will text me to tell him, why don't you fix it? But <laughs> it's not what – he's got one or two positions in his swing that I have never seen before. I saw him almost break his driver over his shoulder last week just in, in total sort of frustration of what's going on with him. But he can't hit the ball straight. And until I see this position that he's got to fix, Diane, I am, not, I am saying I am selling his stock right now. Okay. That's fair. As you say, he's missed the last three cuts too. Um, Matthew Wolf had a terrible week last week. He played the first round of the Farmers Insurance Open, seven over, then he withdrew. But watching Matthew Wolf, it was it was painful to watch at times because he was just hitting it all over the place. It was as if he had no control over any part of his game. Yeah, he withdrew, uh, Matthew Wolf did, on Friday's round uh, or didn't play, withdrew after the first round. I think it was seven over or something. So I can't put stock in that right now, Diane, because I don't know if he actually has an injury or he just was fed up with his uh, game last week. But, you know, when I think of my swing and I was at keeping my swing on track, you know, my swing was pretty orthodox. And I start to think of 
Matthew Wolf, who's one of the great rising stars on the tour, who has the big loop-de-doo, and it drops into the slot, and it's one of the most beautiful things ever when that happens. But is it tough for him when he has the big loop-de-doop, and, and is, how does he find that when it gets off slightly? Mm-hmm. And um, maybe he's off. So I'm, I'm selling that stock this week too. And then the third name is, and it pains us every week. And I actually, we'd said this last week that I can't wait until the day that we can say that this guy's a sizzler and he's moving up our ranking. But today is not that day for Jordan Spieth. Well, you know, the talk of, with Jordan is he left, you know, he went from Cameron McCormack or they talked about it. He went and saw Butch Harmon and they worked on it. I thought I saw a bright spot last week, Diane, with three under in the first day, but he was unable to make the cut the second. I'm more concerned with his interviews than I am his swing because he talks about, oh, I wish I could go back to being carefree. I wish I could play like a kid. I wish I could do all this stuff. And to me, he's just tied up, Diane. He's got swing problems. He's got confidence problems. He's not putting good. So everything is just still not settled in speed camp. What a, what a frustrating time when these guys, you can't pinpoint one thing. You think about Kepka too. It was like, oh, he's injured. He's injured. There was one injury that everyone talked about. And then it came out, there was another injury. And there's just things that are wrong right now. And it's hard for them to get over it. Well, we talked 15 minutes ago about one of our own players, Ryan Palmer, who doesn't have any of that going on in his life. He's so centered and his life's settled. He knows what he's doing with his swing and his attitude is excellent. And just everything is doable. If I make a bogey, I'll probably birdie the next three holes. With Spieth, Kepka, Wolf now, everything's a question mark. You question yourself. I used to do it. I would question myself everything, everything I'm doing. So until we get that thing Settle down. I'm selling the stock right now, Diane. So there are some bright sparks, and these are our sizzlers this week. We've got three names that are really moving up in the ranking, and especially for a couple of them, form of late has been amazing. Um, Our number one guy, when we look at the the best scoring average around the stadium course, which we have really done this week, and we've ranked that highly, he is fourth. He's also coming off a top 10 finish a couple of weeks ago at the American Express, but Ben Ann is our first sizzler, and he comes in at number 11 in our re-ranking this week. I'm very big already, Diane, on how you play this golf course. I've told you earlier there's some desert specialists. Uh, ben Ahn has the fourth best stroke average on this course. Bubba Watson has a great stroke average. Matsuyama, they've all moved up in my list this week because they play good on this course. Not everybody does that. So, yes, this is a tremendous opportunity bet-wise here. Great odds on Ben Ahn. Yeah, 100 to 1. And our next sizzler is 100 to 1 as well. And he played incredibly well around Torrey Pines on Sunday. He was right up there in contention. I mean, he made it look so much easier than a lot of people and ended up finishing in second place. Henrik Norlander. Not many people know about Norlander, Diane, but he, uh, you know, when I look at the list of the PGA Tour, he's in the top eight in ball striking. And last week, With all those good players playing last week, I think he was fifth in ball striking last week. So that tells me he hit it good all week last week. He drove it straight. I think he was seventh. Hit greens. I think he was fifth. So coming to this event, 
will be a piece of cake coming from that hard golf course. Very long. I talked to Jason Duffner and Pat Perez. They struggled on the weekend, Diane, because they the course was just so long for them. Irons, of course, they're in their forties, but Norlander's young, hitting it good. What should his attitude be like this week? Should be super. He should be able to really play well this week. And par four performance, he's 21st on the PGA Tour right now. But the next guy we're talking about is first on the PGA Tour for par fours. I mean, he knows how to make birdies. Another guy we've talked about a lot. Okay, he's coming off the back of a missed cut. But before that, he'd finished 11th. Russell Henley. I am always looking down my list, Diane, at who is number one at a certain uh, category. And Henley is number one in par five uh performance and that is going to suit him well here this week and I just think that he's got such good value such such upside he's played good enough in the last month to be able to drag himself out to Phoenix with this stats and go hey this is perfect for me he's so good around the greens as well fourth in scrambling and sometimes it can be the putter that can let him down a little bit but with the the greens being flatter this week then he could put it all together yeah, um, you know, we've talked a lot on this show about what, what it takes to do well at this course. I'm looking at that hole behind you. It was That hole right there, by the way, uh, I'll get back to Hanley in a second. With that many people on it, it used to be quite nerve-wracking. You know, it's only 150 yards. It's just no more than an eight or a nine iron. It's probably, if, if all the fans were not there, you'd probably think, well, this is kind of a weak hole. But it's a very interesting golf course. There's two par fives on the back nine that can reach into 17th, the drivable hole. I'm putting stock in guys that play these holes. He's the best on the whole PGA Tour at par four performance. So I'm putting stock in this guy this week. I want to talk to you quickly about the 15th hole because the guys must start to hear the roars from 16 when they're on 15. And over the years, 15 has been such a pivotal hole. I think um, Matsuyama, when he won, the two times he won, I think he birdied that hole pretty much every single day. But what is it about 15? How important is 15 when you're, you know you're approaching 16? Well, 15 is a par five that's reachable pretty much by everybody, but it's got water all the way down the left side off the tee, and then it's got an island green. So if you do hit a really good drive, you're probably about 215, 220 for these guys. It could be anywhere from a hybrid shot or a five iron. So it's an eagle opportunity, but yes, you can make a disaster there as well. And we've seen that happen too. Um, No, I think you're aware. I mean, 16 is a very exciting uh, place to come through that, uh, those stands, Diane, and come out there and see, see the, you know, the, the infrastructure they built there is so uh, awesome. Mm-hmm. It really is like being in a stadium, and it's cool. And uh, they boo you when you hit a bad shot, and they cheer for you when you make birdie. So uh, it's fun. It's got to be almost like TBC Sawgrass for the Players' Championship and 16 before you get to 17 and the Island Green because you've, it's got to be similar to that in that you've got the anticipation coming up and the fact that you're you're starting to see and hear those crowds. Yeah, and right there near your left arm is the 17th tee, which is the drivable path. <laughs> so that's that almost has as many fans up at, uh, yeah. not this year, but on that hole too. So that it's a very exciting part of the golf course right there, and the driving range is right over here. Everybody can hear what's going on when they when the, when we're practicing. 
Hey, my brother, Russell Knox, he's always said to me, you need to come one year because the cool thing about being players' family is you get to walk inside, like along the fairway with them. But he said the fans traditionally would have printed out bits of paper that they would pass around and they would have like facts and things about all the players. <laughs> so they would like shout the good things, but they would shout the bad things too. And everyone knew. Yep, there's no mercy at 16 at uh, WM Diane, and and that's cool. I mean, as as we've noted already, this is the best field they've ever had, and there's a reason that there's a lot of guys playing this week that didn't want to be at this event with all that going on. So good for them. They've they've they're in the middle of a pandemic, and they've got the best field they've ever had. Yeah, we're going to see a little bit of it this week as well, hopefully. Right, Elk. So. The SG Tour Golf Gaming app. We are gonna we're gonna start this going. We're gonna start a weekly leaderboard between us because I did see at the weekend that you won some money, and I'm happy for you. But it's a bit of a rarity these days. Let's be real. That's hard for you to say. You have <laughs> money. I know it is. No, we're gonna we're gonna start a new deal, kind of like the football, where we're gonna sort of pick our teams and we're going to go against one another. We're going to have a, an expert guest or a celebrity guest come on and play us and we're going to track it and see who is the best. Yeah, so we'll keep a leaderboard going and it'll be um, you and myself and Jay Kaplan who's going to be on the show soon to talk about his picks and his dark horse picks, which always do relatively well. Uh, we won't mention last week to him. Well, we will. But yeah, as you say, we're going to have a guest on each week and we'll kind of keep the guest total running as well. But if you're not part of this already, then you can get involved on the SG Tour. It's in the App Store. You'll find it on all your iOS devices. You, it's so easy to do. You sync up your PayPal and you can play public games. You can create a private game to play with all your friends too. Um, but I mean, it can be as little as $10, put that money in. You pick four guys from four different tiers based on their official world golf ranking. I mean, you can pick the guys that we're telling you about or throw in your own little surprises. And then it's cumulative of the whole tournament and basically lowest aggregate score wins. It's its own little leaderboard like the PGA Tour. Yep, and, and I think um, the key, of course, is get four players that are going to make the cut for you because if you have one that misses, you have to take an 80 and carry him on the weekend with an 80 each day. So the key, of course, as we all know, Diane, is get four guys that are going to make the cut. So we have a new feature on the show that we're going to run every single week and it's called the Secret Golf Celebrity Showdown. Now it's on the SG Tour app and well basically we're going to pick a tournament long four ball team. We're going to go against each other. First of all, um, Elk and Jay, my two compadres on the show week after week, I think it's time that we spice things up with a little bit of a friendly competition. Well, of course, Diane, we consider ourselves experts in these fields because we have our own show and we know all of these tour players and caddies, but we've invited a special guest on today, Ryan Balaji from Golf News Net. He is also very good at picking uh, players to do well in tournaments, so it's an, easy, it's an easy game. You can download the SG Tour app, sync it up with your PayPal. This is a $10 game to, to win the top three prizes, and we're going to let Ryan Balaji Go in the app today and pick his A, B, C, and D, and we're going to break it down with him to see if he actually knows what he thinks he knows. Oh, <laughs> Ryan, so the, the pressure's on you more than anything this week. Uh, being called a celebrity is a lot of pressure, first of all, and then I have <laughs> golfers on top of it. 
Well, we're going to have a leaderboard week after week. So as I said, you know, I'm going to go up against these two guys and we're going to see who does best throughout the course of the PGA Tour season. But you are representing the celebrity category. So you're you're you've got to set the tone. You're starting off for this team. Yeah, I don't need to dig a hole for everybody who comes after me. Let's let's start at least on the you know the middle floor. Maybe would would be a good aspiration for this week. Right. Uh, very quickly, tell us about Golf News Net because um, well, when I'm ever looking for information about like a field for a PGA Tour event or the payout structure results. Whenever I Google it, Golf News Net is the first site that comes up and it makes me happy week after week. Well, that's by design. I mean, the whole point of Golf News Net is to try to deliver information that golfers and golf fans want to know with very little BS or fluff in between. So uh, we love to talk about facts, data, analysis, kind of looking into the history of the game. Like you guys do on this show every week. And uh, we just kind of put it in written form for people and including our, our fantasy picks and fantasy model that we do each week at, at golfnewsnet.com. Okay, see? So you're good at this. You're you're actually setting the bar pretty high, isn't he, Elk? <laughs> yeah, and of course we have in the blue over here, Jay Kaplan, who is just the uh, legend at picking the long shots in tournaments. So I know he's sitting on a couple of secrets. Jay, good morning to you. And uh, are you are you got your picks lined up? I know you do on the on the back end. Oh, Elk, thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here and to bring sort of the dark horse angle. And of course, um, I guess I kind of look at this as a celebrity roast. So I'm really <laughs> happy to have Ryan on here. Um, he's not an easy target because he has a lot of knowledge, but we'll see if he can sort through this mega field this week. Now, the game is actually public. We're calling it the Secret Golf Celebrity Showdown, public game on the SG Tour app. So anyone can go and play. That means you can go up against us with a four-ball tournament for the Waste Management Phoenix Open and see how your picks fare against ours. Now, we're going to do the top three payout structure. So $10 to enter and uh, one, two, and three will all cash in. Right, I think we need to get right into these picks. I mean, the three of us, uh, Elk, Jay, and I, we spend the whole show talking about our picks. So we're not going to give ours away right now. You've already heard us talk about so many guys that we're big on this week. But Ryan, I know you've got your phone, you've got the app loaded up. We have four tiers, A, B, C, and D, based on the official world golf ranking. And um, we're going to get you to dive right in. My A pick is Webb Simpson, which may not be especially original. He is the defending champion. has a really good record on this golf course. He is fundamentally solid. He finishes with frequency in the top 20 and pretty much anywhere on the PGA Tour that's not outstandingly long, exceedingly long. This is an, an exceedingly long golf course at TPC Scottsdale. And he's been playing solid golf for the last 18 months. Uh, so uh, it's kind of hard to argue with the guy. Uh, there are probably a handful of players you'd love to see, but uh, I think among the ones that are the ones I would consider, uh, I would think Webb Simpson probably is, is my favorite. We talked about Webb Simpson on this show. I think he actually graded out as number one on our show, and we moved him to about number five just because we're tired of seeing him at number one every week because of his statistics, and you explained it perfectly. We think that Webb Simpson is not an impressive-looking player, but he's impressive when he when he puts his score down because he's he's not a long hitter. He curves the ball right to left, and he and he putts good, and uh, he plays desert golf good. So, yeah, it's a, it's a solid pick. Uh, Jay, there's no, there's no bones on Webb Simpson. 
No, there isn't, but you're right. Every week he's like, for us, we have him at the top. Um, it's hard to argue picking Webb. It's a pretty good field uh, this week. Uh, the data supports Webb Simpson, but we say that every week, and he does finish top 10, so it should be good. We, when you're making your A picks, number one, you got to make the cut. Number two, you got to really have this guy score. So good, solid. I'll give you a safe pick on that, Ryan. And, of course, this is a peer-on-peer game, so you're only playing against the others in the in the game. This is not like other sports where, you know, you're – you're going against 10,000 people. This is a game amongst us. So you've only got to beat the other people's uh, teams. So, yeah, Webb Simpson is solid all the way yeah. across. Yeah, we have him at number four in our re-ranking this week. And, uh, yeah, as you say, that consistency is always hard to see past him, especially on a course that he's won on and only last year. Okay, Ryan, it gets more interesting as we move down the tiers. And you can find some real hidden gems, but let's go with B. Ryan Palmer is my guy. Uh, I've loved watching Ryan Palmer play lately. Uh, really, for the last four or five months, he's been playing great golf. And I, I know he, he go, kind of goes through these periods where he plays great golf and then not quite as great golf. But when he plays great golf, it, it's kind of hard to argue with him, and it's really easy to overlook him. So from the perspective of trying to find someone that may play well that not everyone else in this game is going to have, that's someone you want to think about it. And whether you're whatever kind of fantasy game you're thinking about, you want someone to kind of pivot to that. Maybe not everyone is thinking about obviously Brian Palmer gets thought about here, but uh, I, I think he's just a tremendous pick. Well, we never see past Brian Palmer, do we? And that's why we've got him ranked at number two in our ranking this week. <laughs> we talked about Ryan Palmer yesterday. Um, Ryan, uh, we talked about how, um, how important the mental game is on the PGA Tour. Keith, I, I talked about how important the mental game is on the PGA Tour. And when you think about Brooks Kepka, Rory McIlroy, uh, Ricky Fowler, who there's some turmoil going in, whether it's their swing or it's their, or their form or their equipment or whatever. But Ryan Palmer has gotten better with age. And I think his, whether it's his wife getting past a health spell last year and his appreciation for, you know, he's a little older, but his attitude is so good. And I've got to tell you that that transfers over because if you make a bogey, you know, he's likely to come back and make three birdies, but Ryan Palmer has gotten better. He used to be a kind of average putter, but he, but now we see him, you know, he almost, he was right there leading the tournament at 85 to one at Kapalua. He finished second again last week. Ryan Palmer is a stud for us. Yeah. This guy, <clears throat> this guy's a, this is a great pick, by the way. I mean, he's coming off a great week in San Diego. And when we looked at his numbers, 25th in ball striking, third in birdie average, we know he's going to score. He just seems like he's hitting the peak of his career. So, like, for us at Secret Golf, we know him so well. I mean, we're not going to be surprised if he walks away with a major this year. I think this might be one of those things. Right. This might be one of those years where he kind of sneaks in and, maybe walks out with a PGA or a Clara jug too. So, well, uh, he, he has to feel so good about the U.S. Open. Bearing in mind, that's two second-place finishes around Tory Pines. And, yeah, obviously it's going to be set up differently. But, you know, that guy, the thing I love, and it just reinforces something I love so much about the PGA Tour, is that Ryan Palmer is 44. He's one of the, the I mean, when you look at his results and his plays, one of the biggest names right now. 
And then you think of Joaquin Neiman, who's up there too, one of the hottest young guys, and he's half of his age. And you've got these two guys week after week just posting incredible scores. Plus, he's a Texan with that accent. He just seems like nobody, you shouldn't mess with him. He just seems like he's going to uh, bring his pistol ready to go every week. So it's a good pick. <laughs> okay. We I already like know Ryan's team's already shaping up already here, by the yeah, way. It's pretty good. I hope the, uh, the golf celebrities that we're going to approach to come on the show, they're going to be feeling happy right now without even knowing it. Okay, Ryan, moving on to the C tier. My guy's Stray Vibin, DB. Daniel Berger. Um, Daniel Berger. <laughs> 13th in the world. Uh, he's been playing some of the best golf of his career. He's played well in this event, even in the more lean years of his relatively young career. So he likes the golf course, plays well. This at, the attitude of him, I, mean, I think you kind of see it in a lot of the picks that I make. His attitude toward golf and the ebb and flow of a golf tournament is just perfectly suited for the PGA Tour. And frankly, for this event in normal conditions, he just doesn't seem to ebb too high and too low. He kind of plays it as is. And with the talent that he's kind of making, finally maximizing, I think mm -hmm. I, I, I love him in this group. I almost saw the color drain from Elk's face there when you mentioned Daniel Berger, <laughs> because he's so big on him as well. <laughs> oh, I love Berger. You know, he's a great striker. You know, he has a, an interesting swing action where he has this, he cocks a club on the way back, but then he cocks it more on the way down, a la Sergio Garcia. And what that does, it puts a lot of force right into the ball. It gives him very consistent striking. Berger, you know, it, it's always funny, Ryan, when we talked about this on the show yesterday, when we used to have those guys, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Marley Kaufman, uh, and Daniel Berger used to go on holidays and there was a different dynamic. Now that whole dynamic's changed. Who's on top now? Is it Berger, or is it Thomas and Spieth's down here and Smiley Kaufman's gone? I mean, it's interesting to see, but Daniel Berger, to me, I said it on the show yesterday, is his own man. And uh, of course, he won when he came back and played at Colonial. And I think, I think he's one of these guys that's going to step in, you know, over the next two years on tour and, you know, take over. Ryan, you clearly have studied our chart. I don't know how you got our, your hands on our formula, but we're going to do some research into your celebrity lab and the minions you have working for you because you are spot on, dude, with your picks. Sixth in birdie average. The guy's coming in playing great. We have him ranked fourth in form. He's finished seventh and tenth in his last two. Like, dude, you are like right out of the gate on this thing. Yeah, I'm do the D player before you tell me I did a good job. <laughs> okay, well, see, Jay's excited for this because this is his forte to find a bit of a, a wild dark horse pick. And remember as well, if your guy misses the cut, then that's marked down as them shooting an 80. Regardless of the course, the tournament, they're down for an 80. So, I mean, you need your guys to make the cut and that's where the D flight is, uh, is kind of exciting. See, the game is relatable, see? I mean, anybody shoot like me shoots way over 80. So I kind of feel like I can get in this thing and, and perform my normal round, right? Because we know the tournament this week's at the TPC Scottsdale. Tom Weiskopf design. I've already spoken to some guys that have played the golf course. There's not much rough. The course is sort of firm. The greens are perfect. Um, there's got a good weather forecast. No wind, no cold weather. So we're looking at 20 under, 20 so under to win this tournament. Five per day. This is a hard course to. This is a hard field to handicap because it's a good field. It's actually the best field they've ever had, which is actually 
disheartening for waste management, the sponsor, who I'm very close friends with, because they, they've got players coming there this week that don't that don't want to be with the crowds and they're yeah. enjoying it. The the idea that the six not packed with 25,000 people. But um so let's let's talk about your D player because this is going to be the decider on how your team stacks up. I jumped out the window with Patrick Harrington. Um I, I know that might be a little really I mean, He's 45 years old. He's getting close to the Champions Tour. But in two starts on the PGA Tour this year, T26, T32, so he can still make cuts. He finished great last week in Dubai on the European Tour. Similar style setup, desert golf, firm golf course. You got to take chances at Emirates Golf Club. He he was in it. Uh, he, He was in the top 10. So, and he contending against guys like Paul Casey and Sergio Garcia, who, you know, are younger than him, but they're no spring chickens either. So I, I still think Harrington can keep up and I think he can get to the weekend. Oh, I like He was a sponsor's choice. This, he, was a, he was a sponsor's choice this week from waste management, maybe because he's Ryder Cup captain. Um, you've already taken research across the pond into Dubai to handicap this thing. You've given me a slimmer of hope with your pick today with Patrick Harrington, because I think I've got a better D than you. So, um, we'll see, but uh, I understand your thinking, Ryan, on, on picking Harrington. Ryan, I don't know how one man can make three genius picks and then totally wreck his roster with picking an <laughs> a, a old-timey European that's going to come over and get lost in the field. Next time, send me a message, and I'll help you with those D picks so you can really compete during our app week because – Patrick Harrington is out of, we say left field. He's way out of left field, but I like how you've gone out on a limb. That's about as much of a compliment as I can give you on that one. <laughs> they can't all be safe picks, Jay. Uh, what <laughs> fun is safe all the time? Well, what's, what's Harrington's uh, odds at Vegas this week, Diane? Uh, Jay, do you have he's a uh, 200 to one. Okay. And so maybe, you know, he'd qualify as a dark horse possibility, but he might be the darkest horse I've ever heard of for some. Oh, come on. We're not in Michael Kim territory here. So, you know, there's a, there's a bar there. It wouldn't be right in the celebrity secret golf challenge. If there wasn't some controversy and uh, we, I've got my four that I've uh, thinking about. I know Diane and Jay have theirs. We are going to enter our four. You are able to, uh, change your team all the way up to the, we call it the shot clock goes off, but we're going to seal Ryan's because he's made it here publicly on our show. Um, I do like you picked uh, P- Patrick Harrington. Maybe you're positioning yourself for some Euro tickets to go to Whistling Straits. Do you have some straight angle into Harrington? Is that what, is that where you're at here? Uh, I mean, we're fellow Irishmen, uh, at least by, by bloodline. So, yeah, I saw the flag waving and thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to get behind the Republic today. Okay, okay. And um, as Alex said, we're allowed to change our picks. Yours are locked in now. But remember, anyone can join this game. It's a public game on the SD Tour app. It's called the Secret Golf Celebrity Showdown. You don't get to see everyone else's picks until the tournament actually starts. So that's why the three of us are a little bit shifty. We'll keep things there. Uh, We'll keep it under our belts and then we will see how everything goes. But we are going to have a leaderboard running, of course, week after week. And Ryan Valenji from Golf News Net kicking it off for the celebrities. 
Thanks for having me. This is so much fun. Uh, I love the banter. I appreciate the, uh, the feedback, Jay. We'll, we'll see if we get back to you on Harrington or not. I'll text you. Yeah. I'll have my people call your people when I get the trophy. <laughs> so to finish off the show each week, we talk about our dark horse picks. And well, this week for the Waste Management Phoenix Open, Jay Kaplan is back to give us a couple of names. You can give two. I'll give one. Normally, Jay, we're like bigging you up at this time, but last week was not so fantastic. Diane, I'm licking my wounds. Um, I think waste management is a good follow-up because my two picks were complete trash last (laughs) week. And I feel like after staying up all night, which is the reason I look the way I'm exhausted, I'm beaten down, but as a good player, I'm ready to get back to it and tee it up this week. Okay, well, we've already heard your your picks for the four-ball game that we're doing on the SG Tour. So we'll see who you throw into the mix here for the dark horse picks. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Well, you went first last week and I was 0 for 2. So I got to change it up and I'm demanding that I go first. It's okay. my honor. So I'm going to it off this week and I usually do two picks this guy's been playing really well and you and I always go back and forth when we're sort of scouting our chart and I threw this guy's name out you gave me the eye roll and the side look like he's not a dark horse and what we've come to the conclusion that you're very hypocritical like when the odds are in your favor it's fine but when they're in my favor apparently uh I'm out of my head okay so this first pick um I love uh, shot maker. Uh, as you know, Elk has weighed, uh, we've weighted the, this track this week as a ball striking track. He's 36th in ball striking this week. Um, scrambling, not so great, but that's okay. He's pretty accurate. Putting average at 43. So he's going to score. His birdie average is around 40. My first dark horse pick is Cameron Tringali. Okay. And I mean, his form is good. RSM Classic, kind of before that Christmas New Year break, he finished third, um, 18th last week at the Farmers Insurance. So Tringali, the only reason I rolled my eyes is because I'm like, he's playing well right now. We featured him a lot on the show. So I don't think your dark horse pick is that wild. I think you rolled your eyes because you have a bad attitude, but he, whatever. He, he's one, one forty to one. That's good. Like one forty to one. That's is good. good. Yeah. So one forty to one. Those are great odds uh, for a dark horse. And uh, you know, sometimes it's like a name you recognize or a guy that's been playing well. But when Vegas says one forty to one, that's a tremendous value. So roll your eyes all you want. <laughs> Keep throwing that rolly eye emoji my way. I'm going to send it on back with a different balls one digit i'm not rolling my eyes for your next pick because i know that he's 400 to one so i'm all about that oh so that's okay so he is 400 to one so this guy finished strong last year towards the end of the year in the fall season finished second at my chance to win he's won before he's a young guy um 81 in ball striking, which is middle of the road. If you just look at his numbers across the board, he should be 400 to one. 127 in scrambling, 95 in putting up. There's absolutely no reason to have this guy as a dark horse. I just have this weird feeling that this is the week Aaron Wise hovers in contention. And if he doesn't, I'm taking this 
and I'm ripping it out and I'm going to come up with my own formula. <laughs> okay, I go with that. He can be a little bit streaky with his results, but when he's having a good ball striking week, as you say, at Mayakoba finishing second, and this is a ball strikers course, so the magic could happen for you, Jay. I'm, I'm, rooting, I'm rooting for you. I'm not sure I believe you. It's sort of disingenuous. But, you know, I guess I'll take it. Okay, well, my dark horse pick is, I guess, in between your odds, 225 to 1. And he is coming off. I was looking at his past performances in this tournament. And over the past two years, missed the cut twice. So I kind of stopped looking then. But when we look (laughs) at his his stats and especially that, that big stat we're looking at for the ball striking, 45th on the PGA Tour, which is pretty good. But some of his other numbers are amazing. 18th in scrambling, and he comes in at fifth for par four performance, which we're ranking really highly this week. Now, the reason I picked him is based purely on these numbers. He jumps up 64 places in our re-ranking this week, all the way up to 14th. And at 225 to one, I think Austin Cook is a brilliant dark horse for us. I like him, and uh, again, I've some reverse psychology on you when you said you were going to pick him I'm like oh look who's going for a known quantity all of a sudden but you know what it's your money do what you want to do with it I'm going to put my faith in you and boy that was a build-up right there I know like a five-minute build-up of a dark horse pick very dramatic okay thank you very much so our three dark horses are Austin Cook Aaron Wise and Cameron Tringali so good bit of value there and hopefully our picks help you this week for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Looking forward to seeing it with a bit of fans. It's going to be exciting to see some atmosphere. 5,000 a day. We know that we've got the Florida events coming up where they are going to introduce some more fans as well. So hopefully it's a sign of things to come. But yeah, it's going to look a little bit different to it has in previous years, but that's all right. We're looking forward to it regardless. So... Don't forget, you can play along on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app this week. We will have public games open. And now that we've started our little league, Jay, um, we will update the leaderboard next week and see who does best out of you and I, Elk, and Ryan Ballingy. And we're going to keep the guests going as well. I'm looking forward to being at the top. (laughs) Okay. With dark horse picks like that, I'm not entirely sure. (laughs) Anyway, thank you so much for watching. Don't forget, follow along on our YouTube. We will be updating as the tournament goes on and, of course, keeping you in the loop when it comes to the leaderboard and how our picks are doing. And then follow us on all the social channels. We're Secret Golf for Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And we'll be back next week for Pebble Beach. It's the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. A little bit different this year in the fact that it's not a Pro-Am, but we're still going to see that iconic course and we will give you our picks then. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.